Hello, welcome to the Hunt Podcast. This is Garrett, and I'm along here with Micah, and Christian is out of town right now, so we won't have him on the podcast today, but we're joined with Gordon Lester. He is the Family Resource Director for the school system, uh, um, specifically the elementary schools, um, and he's also an elder at at my, my church, Freedom Christian Church. And we're just excited to hear what he has to say. We're continuing this kind of mini-series, the summer series, on on ministry beyond the church walls and what it means to, to exemplify Christ, to follow his command, the Great Commission, beyond just the church building setting. And we've seen that through a number of different people so far, and, and we're going to see what that looks like within uh, Gordon's job, within what he does, and... and how it pertains to the community around us. So we're excited to have Gordon on today. Um, <clears throat> Gordon, if you want, just go ahead and, I don't know, tell us, tell everyone a little bit about who you are, what you do, and sure. go from um, there. Like he said, my name is Gordon Lester, and um, I, my, my school position is actually for Salem and Russell Springs. Those, okay. are, those are the two schools I have. Um, there's someone else employed at Jamestown Elementary that does the same thing. Um, married to Penny Lester, and we have two girls, Haley, Le- well, Haley Miller now, she got <laughs> married uh, last year, and Hannah Lester, and we live in Russell Springs, and we've lived there for 26 years, I guess now. And you're, you grew up in, in Freed- at Freedom, which, you I know, that's Yeah, I started I going to Freedom when I was 10 years old. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought you'd been there your entire life. No, but... we, we came to Jamestown Christian when mm-hmm. I was young, young, and... Um, my dad just didn't have any interest in coming to the city, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> go to church. Big city. And uh, I know my mom made the comment one day. She said, you know, if we, because that was where a lot of his family was raised. And she said, you know, if we went to Freedom, uh, would you go? And he said, yes. And that changed. And yeah. we started going out there. And um, now my dad's an elder. And um, it, it was a good move for us. So. And you're an elder now, too. I so am, that's um, a little over a year now, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say right before COVID. Yeah, uh, we were trying to talk. I mean, I mean, your dad, um, Terry, is the, I guess, the chairman of the board. Is that what yeah. we call it? And, um, and we were trying to figure out our, um, our. We had our congregational meeting, and we were trying to figure out who got, who was on the ballot and everything for this year. We could not remember when you got ordained as an yeah. elder yeah, because of the year of COVID. Just was crazy. We couldn't. Right. It's hard to get things straight. But yeah, so. Um, I guess explain a little bit. We we said you're the family resource director, but you know where I'm from in West Virginia, we don't have anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd say a lot of people, even in town, even in the county, you know, might not fully understand what all right. that entails. Um, let alone the people that are listening from outside of our county. So just you know, go into a little bit of detail. What, uh, what that I is. guess you can say the family resource center is a Kentucky thing. Um, it came about in 1992. Um, they had a major, they call it CARA, the CARA Act, Kentucky Education Reform Act, and they came up with a lot of different things to help the school. Um, and the Family Resource Centers are, is the only thing left from that. Huh. Um, over 30 years it's been around now. Um, the sole purpose for these centers, um, there is a youth service center, same thing that I do basically, but it's at the high school. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot different than what you deal with, but uh, the same thing. So it's Family Resource Youth Service Centers. They call it Frisky. For that, that's what they're known as, <laughs> the, the Friskies. Um, 
But it came around in 92, and it's been around ever since. Um, and it is my job um, in the school system to make sure that um, each kid at Russell Springs and Salem uh, come to school ready to learn and, and prevent any barriers that they're uh, encountering. And those, mm-hmm. <laughs> those are wide. wide. Uh, you know, we have kids who um, came, come to school um, and they can't learn, they can't pay attention because they slept on the floor last night. Mm. And, um, or, you know, they were cold all night because they didn't have any heat in the house. And, you know, if you can't sleep at night, you're sure not going to come to school ready to learn. Uh, a lot of food insecurity in, in the county. Um, you know, we work on making sure kids have food to eat. Uh, if you come to school hungry, it's, it's a hard, it's, it's really hard to, uh, to learn. Um, just a wide variety. Um, been blessed with the uh, bed ministry by the Russell Springs Methodist Church that they mm-hmm. started. Um, gosh, I don't know how many beds we placed. Um, I know Matt Gosser will call me occasionally. We need to deliver some beds. And, you know, they put so many out there. We don't have a lot of kids sleeping on the floor anymore. Wow. So it, it's been a, a big blessing. Um, you know, and, and we do focus on those big things. Um, but, you know, it's sometimes it's just the little things, too. Um, I make a lot of home visits. Um I would say last year with COVID, um, we did over 300 home visits last year. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, crazy. Um, what kind of difference that. does that make in the life of a kid? It it it, it makes a huge difference. Um, you know, you wouldn't think, um, like I was saying, you know, the big things make a difference, but even the little things. Just sometimes um, if a little girl comes into school and her hair is a mess, um, not any big deal, but to her it is. And, you know, we, we'll just um, – Call the parents and we'll send her home some a brush and um, some something to tie her hair back with. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just the impact you have on the kids. And you know, when we make these home visits, uh, you can talk to parents all day on the phone. But when you go and look at them in the face um, mm-hmm. and just see where they're coming from, um, you know what's going on. Um, it it it's different. And you know, after a while, the parents they welcome you you know they they want you to come um they'll call me mr gordon when you come we need you to come to the house um just that personal connection you have with, with all these families um it, it makes a big difference in the kids lives and, and that's what we're aiming to do um you know the family resource center have a they have a motto um and the motto is whatever it takes mm. and it's true it's whatever it takes to meet um those kids needs um to make sure they're, they're happy at home they're safe at home, and then when they come in that school door, that there is no barriers limiting um, them from learning for that day. Mm. How long did you say that you've done this? Um, I've actually this is my seventh year. Okay. Um, I got out of, I graduated from Western Kentucky University, and I got a job um, as a social worker at a home health agency, and was there 22 years. And it was funny. My dream job was always this job. I always wanted the job, but Phil Carney, yeah, had the yeah, job, yeah. Um, and he started in 92 when it all began. Right. So I knew that I would love to have it, Well, but I, I would never have it. You know, it was, I knew he would have it uh, for a long time. And, um, you know, I heard it's. I was hired July the 10th of 2015, and I was told that, um, you know, he was going to retire, and I thought, I'll, I'll apply. This is, this is what I want to do. And I was blessed to receive it, and it's just an awesome job. It's a, it, it's a job that you – I don't know if I've heard Garrett say this before, you know – with what he does, you know, you're, you're not working as long as you've got some, to do something you love. Yeah. And to make an impact on kids' lives and to touch them and to um, know that, you know, maybe you made a little difference, um, it, it's it's great. 
great thing. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I know a lot of people, especially in, like, the elementary schools, always know who you are. So mm-hmm. it's obvious that, like, you've made a difference just through the the occupation itself. But what what have you seen, like, in in this mentality of whatever it takes of making sure that you know where the school system is providing for kids in order to get them on a bet their put their best foot forward as as best they can what what sort of changes have you seen um within the school system even just in your seven years of 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 doing it um you know what we have seen of course with this just being my seventh year, I've not really had opportunity to see the kids that I've seen graduate. But I know there have been children that have been profoundly touched by what our centers do, whether that be um, a scholarship. You know, Kevin Williams, I'll talk about him in mm-hmm. a little bit. He's he's an awesome guy. Um, you know, we've seen kids go to college and or even not college to go to trade school and or just get a job that we know normally wouldn't have if it hadn't have been for mm. for some of the things we've been able to do for them mm-hmm. um, and sometimes it's it's simple as it's a little encouragement and that they don't get at home um, so I, I feel like that it, it's done a lot even in my seven years I've seen a lot happen um, to benefit uh, kids and not only kids while they're in school but also as they grow into adults and, and you, you see kids I had a boy, gosh, I was out. I don't even know where I was. Uh, I guess I was at Walmart. It's been several months ago. And I heard had a kid, well, I say a kid, probably not a kid now, come up to me, and they were behind me, and they said, Mr. Gordon. I turned around. I thought, who in the world is this? I had no idea. And he told me his name. I'm Austin from Salem. I said, oh, yeah. He said, you know, I still know how to tie a tie. I teach, <laughs> I teach all the fifth grade boys how to tie a tie. Yeah. Well, um, I started something several years ago called uh, at Russell Springs and Salem. We call it Anchored Boys Club, um, Anchored Men, True Gentlemen, mm-hmm. and it gives me an opportunity to. Um, I have youth ministers come in. I would have had you come in last year, but that all blew up and didn't get to have it. <laughs> this year, get ready. I'll be calling. There you go. Um, I'll be answering. All right. Um, but I just let youth ministers come in. I've had preachers come in, and I tell the parents this before they sign up for it. Um, just a lot of these kids don't have never heard the gospel. And even though I probably can't say that in school, that's mm-hmm. what it's about. That's that's what I gear it toward. And you know, I've had kids have questions and about the gospel after you know after we talk. Uh, Brother Bill Mullins has come and spoke several mm-hmm. times for me. Jerick DeVore has come and spoke for me. Um, it's just a time that these boys get together. And my main goal in, in in that we do that every other Friday throughout the school year, starting in September. My main goal is mainly just to um, you know what does it look like being a true gentleman? You know, if you don't have a girlfriend now. You will. If you don't have a wife, you probably will someday. Um, how do you? You've got a sister and a mother, probably. Or how? How do you treat those women in your life mm. and instill that those things in them that they uh, how to treat a woman? Um, you know, I, I teach them to. When you're walking on the sidewalk, you walk on the you walk on the uh, inside inside yeah. because inside, yeah, yeah. You, you protect the woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I I gear it so much. I say it every time I meet with them. Um, never, ever, ever, any time is okay to hit a girl. Well, what if she hits you first? They'll say, you know, they've <laughs> always got the. Well, what if you? I don't I, 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 no, There's never a reason. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these kids, it's all they see every night. They'll go home to school. Mm-hmm. They'll see mom getting beat. Uh, they'll see dad having a girlfriend new one every weekend in the house. Yeah. And it's just a time to do that. And I started several years ago um, teaching those boys how to tie a tie. 
a necktie. Every guy needs to know how to wear a tie. I don't wear a tie as much, but I know how to tie a tie if I need one. Yeah. And boys need to know that. So just try to, you know, a lot of these boys don't have dads. Well, I was uh, going to ask, what what percentage would you say the the kids from that that you help with um, – with the Family Resource Center, what percentage would you say come from a broken home in some sense or the other? I would say we're 50% at this point. Um, I've heard a statistic that said that um, kids now are the minority if they just have two adult figures in their house. So, like, mm-hmm. even if dad has a girlfriend, even yeah. if they're not married and it's not their mom, right. just to have two adult figures, you're now in the minority. Yeah. I don't know I would say where that true. came from, I'll be honest. So, like, you know, maybe it was a Facebook picture. Well, I know. <laughs> I know. Feels not, like it'd be right. Not really statistics, but I can tell you this. Uh, my wife has taught 24 years. Yeah. And she said, we were talking about this a few weeks ago, she said her first five years she can remember teaching, first two were in Casey County, mm-hmm. and the rest were at Salem. And she said, um, you know, she would have 25 kids mm-hmm. every school year, give or take. And she said it was very unusual for her to have a child come from a broken home she said probably three to four kids out of the 25 and she said now in the last year or two she has four to five that are not from a broken home so there you go i mean that's that speaks volumes right there wow it's crazy what would you say uh i mean obviously it's not necessarily a you know which is the worst but but i guess what is the biggest problem that you see in Russ County? I guess the most common problem um, for kids, whether it be home life, food, or, or, or things like that. There is a wide variety of problems. Right. Um, but probably probably not the most profound problem, but something we're seeing more and more in the last three years is homelessness. Hmm. Um, you know, we have kids, and, you know, they've been to school for three or four weeks, and they're living in their car with their oh. mother. That's happening. Uh, but that, that's just something that sticks out. But probably the biggest problem is drugs mm. uh, being used by the parents. Um, you know, we we had a, we've had students in the last month removed from the home because uh, they tested positive. Mm. And we're talking first graders, and they said it wasn't from inhaling. You know, it was just being around. It was they had used. Um, and you know that that don't seem possible, but that is a huge problem. Um, wow. And you know, even if the child is not they're affected and you know they come to school and can't get a hold of the parents um you know it just and some of the condition that you know the parents these parents send their children to school um you know i I brought some props with me i said i was going to show you yeah um this first thing i'm going to show you um these shoes were on a child who um not last year year before last came into my office it was early it was seven and it looked like you wouldn't be any wetter if you had got out of the shower with your clothes on. He was dripping. And I asked him, I said, what is wrong? And he said, Mom made me, made me wait at the butt. It was pouring rain. It was coming a flood. Hmm. And she made him stand at the door or outside wow. at the end of the drive waiting for the uh, bus. And wow. I said, how long did you wait out there? He said, about 15 minutes. Jeez. He said, she was worried I was going to miss the bus. She didn't want me around today. So these are the shoes I pulled off of him. And... And well, that was just oh everyday God. shoe. I mean, you know. Oh, my God. Yeah, just for, for those at home that can't see, uh, the toe from middle of the foot to the to the toe is literally totally exposed. Yep. Uh, and that, that's, what, no, that's what he was. It's like a sandal, basically. With, yeah. yeah, basically like a sandal and shoe. And that's only I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mow in them. 
they would have been thrown away by now. I mean, uh, you know, I wouldn't. They wouldn't even be mowing yeah. shoes or, or outside shoes at all. And this is the only pair of shoes he owned. Wow. And then this, I had a boy come in to tell, and this one really got me. He came in to tell me, uh, I need some new shoes. And I said, well, what's wrong with your shoes? He said, I've only got one pair. So let me see them. Okay. These are the shoes that light up. He was walking on the oh uh, on goodness. the wires. Oh, my gosh. Um, there's no sole in the shoe, and the wires are exposed. You know, they make them flash. Right. Uh, only pair he owned. Wow. Um, I mean, right there is what you deal with. Wow. Um, these, uh, the children... So were they injuring him? The wires? He said it was hurting him. I said, oh let me gosh. see him. And, you know, that's what he showed me. I mean, probably the the how thin the wire is. It probably just go in yeah. your foot. And yeah, I mean, you can see them. He wasn't like, wearing pointing socks out of the, the, I'll be honest. I didn't even know there were. I mean, there would have to be to make lights. But like, I never even thought about that. Mm-hmm. So, and I, you know, Gordon just showing us a pair of shoes that you can literally see the inside of the sole. I mean, there's there's nothing in there. And you know, there's so many things we take for granted. I mean, you know. I went to my closet before I came down here, and I went shoes don't want to wear. You know, yeah. a lot of these kids that they they have this is it. This is all yeah. they have. It's those or nothing, and it's yeah. they're they're barely better than nothing. And I probably got 150 pair of shoes in my office right now that I'll just hand a kid if they need shoes. Um, how, uh, how does that work? Do you all get donations? How does that? Uh, we we get a grant every year from the state. It's basically the grant that my salary comes out of, my assistant salary comes out of, and whatever we have left over, we can use. Um, and, and, and some years that's nothing. I mean, we have nothing. But and that's a good segue for Kevin Williams. Um, about seven, six, seven years ago, Kevin, who is a guitarist for um, Gaither Vocal Band, um, he wanted to do something for um, kids in this county. You want to explain who Kevin is? Sure. Um, he, like I said, he is a guitarist for the Gaither Vocal Band. He was raised here in Russell County, went to school, and graduated in Russell County High School. Um, and it was just laid on his heart. Uh, he travels with uh, Bill Gaither and hmm. uh, Matthew Holt. And if you know anything yeah. about the Gaithers, I mean, if you've been to the concerts, you know. And Kevin even came to Freedom year before last, I yeah, guess. Yeah, right before COVID. <laughs> yeah, and gave us a little concert. And uh, he's just a great guy. It was laid awesome on his heart guy. to do this concert. And it's grown every year. Um, he, I think he has raised for us alone. Um, not real sure about this amount. Over 300000 400000 over those seven years. Last wow. year, we did not get to have it. Uh, but with that money the state gives us, we're limited on what we can use it for. Hmm. Kevin, was he wants us to use it for kids. You know, we pay um, kids that, with that money, we're allowed to pay um, kids you know, electric bills um, hmm. that are 20 degrees outside, no electric, we can go pay their electric bill. Hmm. Um, no water in the house for three months. We go pay their water bill. Yeah. Uh, of course, we have limits on everything. We can't. We don't just spend five thousand dollars on a family. But and and I will not. Um, you know, if someone has a five hundred dollar water bill and I'm willing to pay two hundred fifty of it, then they pay the other two fifty. I'm not paying two fifty and it not get turned on. Yeah. Um, so we have our limits and our goals. But you know, with, with him, you know, I've got one hundred fifty pairs. I'll go buy five hundred dollars worth of shoes at Walmart. Mm. And everybody at the checkout looks like, like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, you know, we're just able to supply kids um, toothbrushes. Wow. Kids will be in fifth grade and they never brush their teeth. Oh, my gosh. So yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's uh, – so I make sure they have toothbrush and toothpaste. Uh, just some simple things. Sometimes, you, we, like I said, we all take for granted. Hmm. Um, but just to – you know, when you have a kid years later come up to you and say, I want to thank you for helping me. You know, you made a difference. That just makes – 
it makes it worth it. That's for sure. Yeah. How how many people do you think in Russell County realize that this is all going on in Russell County? Very few. I mean, really, I mean, doing what I did for home health for years, you know, you see a lot of stuff, a lot of bad things. You know, there's so much abuse and neglect with our children. Um, so many issues of sexual abuse in this county. It's unreal. You think it's like that everywhere, too? Or is it just I, particularly I, high here? I do. I, I think you see it everywhere. But I think it's a lot of um, rural areas, you know, where the drug problem is just rampant. I think that's where a lot of it comes from. But I, I, there's so much focus, like, in the news on abuse and neglect in city areas and, yep. and all of that happening, like, in in big cities and, you know, there's division in politics on you know who's right left or Everything. right on, on yeah <laughs> on on how do we deal with this stuff in the big right. cities but i think a lot of times like you're saying it gets neglected in the rural areas right. and you know people just assume it's not bad because there's not as many people right. um so you would say that russell county isn't just alone in this like no anywhere you would go you would see that no you see it i mean i talked to other coordinators across the state and the same issues um you know maybe some more some places less other but it pretty much all equals out um it's just a major problem but you know knowing what our kids face on a daily basis even though i worked in social work for 22 years i knew but until i got where i am now mm-hmm. I didn't realize. Okay. You know, but you don't know. Yeah. So the you more see it you every day. get involved, the more you... Yeah. Now it's an everyday thing for me. How many... We have... I can't remember the exact number. Bucky looked it up once. Um, I can't... I know it's like... It's over 120 churches in our county. Yeah, it, it's a ridiculous... There's a bunch. A number of churches. How many do you think of those churches are effectively... You know, doing some sort of outreach or some sort of program, where some just are are doing a good job. You know, you're in the thick of things, mm-hmm. so you would know a little bit better than most. Are there many churches that are involved with with helping in in this area? Um, if you include all the 120, I would say no. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of your larger churches in Jamestown, Russell yeah. Springs, participate. I feel like, you know, for a rural church at Freedom, we do a pretty good job with that. And there are other rural churches that do, but there's a lot that don't. I just don't think they realize the need there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, unfortunately, you know, I can say this, over my last six years, um, you know, it's getting worse. It's not sure, not getting any better. You mean with church involvement? And, um, yeah. Or just yeah. With, the... with With church involvement and the issue of, with children. Yeah. But both. I mean... Um, so the and church is kind of taking, is getting less and less involved in helping, and there's more and more widespread issues. Yes, and I don't know if I, if it's the point that churches feel like they don't know what to do, uh, because it's just like a one of those things that you kind of step back and say, there's, what can you do? Yeah, because it is so massive uh, the issues uh, with families and children. In the county, but I'm not. There are numerous churches that do do a lot. I mean, but if you include 120 in it, I, you yeah, know, I would say 25 percent might be involved. Hmm. That's just right off the top of my head, I guess. Hmm. Do, do you? I know you said you've only been there seven years. Um, how much of? But I know you were kind of involved be, before home health things like that. How much of 
of these problems are cyclical? Like how many, you know, how much of the problems are now you've got the parents you might deal with were kids in the same situation 15, yeah. 20 years ago. Is that is that oh, pretty yeah. prevalent? And, yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you see, you know, I've looked over the school list. I was looking over yesterday, and I recognize so many names. Mm. Um, new kindergartners coming in. Um, you know, we have um, – it's a generational thing lots of times. Yeah. Um, and you see that a lot. Um, and then you have, and it's funny because, you know, when I left home health, I'm dealing now with a lot of the grandkids of those people. Yeah. That I, that I was out to see them a lot with different yeah. issues. And you just see that now in the grandkids and their kids. And, you know, my wife's taught 24 years. This will be her 24th year. And she is having kids of kids she's had mm. and you mark it down i mean well it's just uh it's a it's a hard cycle to break yeah when it comes to poverty um drugs abuse um you can it just trickle down yeah we we uh, of course in our last episode had had kevin and he talked uh kevin shear and he talked about that as well and and we he talked about how their office kind of they just kept seeing the same people mm-hmm. come through his office time and time again. Yep. Um, and basically, you know, he was progressively working towards, you know, it was, well, when they get out of, before they get out of jail, let's help them get, get rid of it. And then it was like, well, why can't we help before they even get there? Why can't right. we help before they, um, and so that, that idea of a, of a cycle, uh, is just, like you said, it's so hard to break. And so how um, do you break it from, for them, they're trying to break it by, the people that are constantly going into jail and getting in trouble, mm-hmm. they're trying to give them, I, I guess you would say, skills yeah. and like a boost and, and trying to get them um, located and, and put in places where they can can work and gain some traction. What, what are some things from a family perspective? How, how can we break the, the cycle and, and how can the church be involved in that? Yeah, I was going to say that too. How can the church and just people you know we have yeah. we have people that listen to this podcast some might not live in our county but we have some that do uh and to what we what you said earlier many of them probably don't know how big of a problem right poverty the drug abuse and all of those things that you've you've talked about so yeah how can people get involved what can they do i mean i know some of it's sensitive so it's right. it's and, hard uh, to balance it you know something just popped in my head when you said that um i know last year I, i'm a statistic guy oh I, I hated math i always hated it and I got in college, and my favorite class um, was uh, statistics, uh, Dr. Wozniak. <laughs> and I love that class. And now I just kind of look at that stuff. And uh, last year, almost 14% of our students in the county were being raised by grandparents. Wow. wow. That's a lot of kids. Wow. And that's not counting the ones raised by aunts and uncles. And, yeah. Not uh, but that, that just popped in my head. Um, but th- that is another issue. And then, then that leads to other issues of as the kids get older – Grandparents can't handle them. Um, phone use is a big problem in schools. Mm. Um, not in schools necessarily, but at home. And then that trickles to school. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, I got off on a tangent there a little bit. That, that statistic no, just good. jumped you're out in, in my mind. Uh, what was your question again? Uh, we're talking about how can, how can you know, on that cycle, how, what can we do to break the cycle? How can churches or just right. people get involved in, you know, like, you know, some of it part is of sensitive it sounds, material. Well, part of it sounds like, you know, with, just off that statistic the importance of emphasizing the nuclear family and and pouring into the nuclear family but i you know i as a minister i don't even know 
how we can begin to do that outside that's, of our doors. That's a million-dollar question. It's not an easy question for sure. Right. Um, but we have, um, you know, a lot, a lot of churches that do try to impact in different ways, whether that be to, um, you know, in the church of having their uh, families meet together, um, learn from one another. Now, specifically what I, what I do at school, and it can be so overwhelming. So you've got to kind of pick the ways you try to influence you know, if you can, out of the, I deal with about 1,100 kids at Salem and Russell Springs, wow. um, and the Family Resource Center is for all kids. It's not just for those. I don't want anybody to think it's for those who are impoverished. Uh, you know, if any kid needs anything, we're there to help them. Um, but if you can make a difference in one life, a school year, mm-hmm. um, and show them a little love, and tell them, you know, I tell kids all the time at school, I'll say, look at me. Um, especially those who don't have any encouragement from home, I will tell them, I'll say, don't let anybody tell you you can't do what you want to do. Because so many kids don't have that influence from home mm. to say, you know, I want to be a doctor. You can do that. I want to be a youth minister. I want to be a, a, a preacher of the, mm-hmm. the Word of, of God. You can do that. All they hear is, are you crazy? You can't do that. Mm. But if you can influence one kid, and just tell them, like in my Anchored Boys Club, every time we dismiss from them, I will ask. I will tell them. I will say, if if uh, nobody has told you they love you today, I just did. Kids mm. don't hear that. They well, don't hear that they're loved. They don't hear that they. What's their reactions when they hear it? Well, the first time or two, they're like, "What? <laughs> you just told me you love me? Yeah, I do love you. Um, you know, I just want them to know that they can come to me for anything. And sometimes that does happen. And sometimes after it happens, you wish it hadn't. <laughs> yeah. But you hear some stuff you really don't want to hear. But you know, if if you can build that relationship and encourage them. And, you know, and they get to high school and they decide they want to be an electrician or a welder because something, not only me, but something somebody said to them, uh, you know, as a youth minister, you deal with a lot of kids, yeah. you know, just that encouragement there again, the simple thing is the big thing sometimes. Yeah. On a church level, gosh, that's just, it's, it's hard. Um, you know, you see a lot of people, they want to throw money at the problem, which is great. Money's needed, yeah. but it's more than money. And I, I guess just that connection that churches um, and leaders of the church can, can make with those families and bring families together, um, you know, at, at church, at Freedom, at Jamestown Christian, any church in the county, you know, over the years, some of our best relationships have come from small groups, you know, that we've done. Um, uh, we did, the, gosh, years ago, um, the love lesson what was that the oh um crazy love francis chan yeah we we did that as a group and it was you know just and you know we had all kinds of families there Mm. um newlyweds people that have been married a while and just to come together and build relationships and sometimes it's hard to get families involved in that but you know if you can do that and just start within the church that's Mm. a beginning i guess yeah Mm. yeah yeah we're we've i've tried to been thinking here lately of what we can do uh, we're tentatively planning to do like a, a retreat for families and we partner with white males but even that is is really it's geared towards people that have been in the church right. and you know i want people that haven't been in the church to come to something like that but i think one of the big difficulties that we have is having people that are are so you know the church is meant to be a family we're meant to be a community and i think 
it becomes so comfortable to be in that community. You become so tight-knit and, and close with one another that you almost become lax in going out and, and reaching the people that are beyond your community, that are outside. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say I think we necessarily neglect them, but like you said, I think a lot of times we just look for the quick fix of, yeah. you know, let's throw money mm-hmm. instead of thinking, well, how can we go out and bring them in? Not everyone can not everyone can give money, obviously, but for those who can, that's that's easy. Yeah. It's really easy to it write is. a check. And it is a spiritual gift. I, I mean, yeah, Paul and, and puts I don't, it there. I don't want to be belittling that, obviously, but I'm just saying if, if you've got, you know, if you've been blessed with having money to give, and it's, it's, it's a sacrificial aspect, giving, but, but I, yeah. I think we often place that as the best yes. thing you can do, yeah. when in reality, it's probably the lowest tier. Yeah. Now, that's not me saying don't give money to the Family Resource Center yeah. slash Kevin Williams concerts, because <laughs> that's super important. You know, like, like you said, people... I'm sure Gordon really enjoys to be looked at real funky when he's got 150 <laughs> pairs of shoes and he's checking out because he knows someone's going to come to school with no soul in their shoe, not in their, like, no, like S O L E, soul. Um, and so he, they're going to be helpful. So, yeah, that's obviously huge and, and, Absolutely. and, and continue to do that. But man, I think I got a pretty strong s- suspicion that, that Gordon would say, you know, kids obviously want a pair of shoes that don't hurt their feet, but, how much more do they want to be told that they're loved and that they can exactly. do what they want to do? Um, and it's that's that's harder. Um, we had a acronym in college, AWOL. Um, and scripture is pretty clear that that God, you know, has this extreme love and calls His people to have extreme love for those aliens, widows, orphans, and lepers. Uh, the people that I use the phrase unlovables, um, those that are hard to love, that no one loves naturally, um, and you know, I might put, you know, it's a little different, but, you know, impoverished or those in abuse, um, kind of put that in the orphan group mm-hmm. um, because there's they're not really loved. And that's kind of the idea of an orphan is someone that's not loved and has given up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, man, the, those people that Scripture is so, so clear um, yeah, you know, about loving the least of these and, and, you know, what you've done for these, you've done for me. And, and it's so evident that it's so much more than just giving of money, which is good. Like Gary said, I mean, it's that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. But, but if that's an, all we're willing to do, yeah. Yeah. there's got to be more than that. You know, just investing in that child and getting them to know you and telling them that you love them and not only saying it but meaning it. About what you I've, do. And, yeah. I've seen it over the years that, you know, I give a kid a brand-new pair of shoes that's walking on the sole of their feet, of their foot, with no socks on, mm. and they remember... The love you have for them, yeah. more than the gift you give them, yeah. um, and we forget that sometimes. Yeah. Well, I, <coughs> uh, I, had, I had like a cough. I had some. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> in talking about you know the, the need to pour into people, I think one of the best things we can do, um, and, it, and it sounds almost counterintuitive because we we see the epidemic of how many people there are that are in need that that need to be loved that need a relationship with with someone guiding them and we want to just go out and fix the problem right away and i think the the most important thing we can do is just find one person to pour into um and i I think i've talked about this before but there was a couple years ago i think three years ago at this point 
Francis Chan wrote a book called Letters to the Church, and there's a, a chapter on it, Stepped on My Toes, talking about the calling for the church to reach out to the AWOL, to reach out to the the people that fit in this category of the marginalized, the people that are in need of this, you know, this epidemic in the country of, of people that are, are falling through the cracks. Um, and so I, I can distinctly remember <laughs> one of the... One of the places I have some of the best conversations with God is in the shower. <laughs> I don't know why, but I guess because everything... No distractions. No distractions, so. yeah. No, and I can... Distinct- can't answer phone calls. Yeah, there. yeah, there's nothing that tried, comes though. up. Yeah, I have before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, You've called so. me before. Yeah, so. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I can distinctly remember having this conversation where I, where I said, um, God put someone in my life for me to minister to, for me to love, for me to to help and 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 come alongside of an impact and it wasn't a month later call in the shower that that uh, i think no it it wasn't a month later that that person got put in my life um and um i i it it was some of the most stressful times in my life with with him um and i can attest to that because i i knew a lot of you know I, i didn't know a lot of it but i what are you doing, Garrett? And I'm going with so and so to go, you know. And, and I know Gordon knows what you're talking about as well. But but, but I can attest to what that, I not saw, for credit, and, and it but. was stressful for me. But the person that I saw when I first met him, and the person that I saw as he moved away, were two completely different persons. And I did nothing other than be there for him. Yeah. And and he still contacts you now. Yeah, right? yeah, and Sometimes but that's all it takes. Just that. But that, and yeah. that's what I'm saying is that's one person that I, I've he's really grown and he's I, I'm confident and I'm still praying for him daily. But I feel confident that cycle might be broken. And all it took was, you know, I prayed for him before I knew him, and he came into my life, and I just was there for him. And if Everyone in the church made that sort of commitment of I'm looking for someone to care for, and then we cared for them. How many cycles will be broken? As yeah, a I mean, of that? you said you deal with 1,100 kids. The, obviously, not all of those are kids that need the Family Resource Center no. weekly. No. What would you say? What just a rough percentage of that of that number? You think 50 percent lower than that? I'd say maybe a little lower, but not much. Okay, so we'll call it 400, 450. Yep. We have about 250 at our church. You guys are like 150, right? Uh, not after COVID, probably 100. Okay, COVID, so, we're, so we'll call it 315, 320. That would if everyone be, took uh, one. If everyone took one kid, or we'll just say one family, you know, even if because there might be two kids that come from the same house potentially. You know, I think something we're all guilty of though is you know we say we want to help a family, we want to help a yeah. child, whatever. And it's so easy to seek that family and that child that we know that we can be successful with. Mm. Or yeah. we know that we don't have to put as, hardly as much effort into. Yeah. We're all guilty. I mean, I probably would be too. But when we can have that attitude with the Lord, you know, put some in my life, no matter what their situation, yeah. I'm going to do my best. You know, like Garrett said with this, with this boy, I mean, that's all it takes sometimes. And it took me a while to realize that yeah. in school, that just that little bit of extra love and attention and encouragement can go a long way. Hmm. Yeah, and I, you know, I, that's what kind of what I was getting at is, you know, just in our two churches, 
How many you know, people that, that are represented here? And I'm not even counting if, Russell Springs and normally Christians here, but if we made a commitment as individuals, people, yeah. you know, as a church, that's what I'm saying. You know, I think yeah. it's we need to keep you know giving. We need to keep doing outreach, big program outreach. Yeah. But I think what we're seeing with what Gordon is talking about is, is that sort of big number outreach. The the money that's important, but we have to on an individual yeah. and relational yeah. level into that and that's a commitment of the individual person not just the church as a whole every individual person needs to make that prayer right. god send me someone just one person that i can pour into yeah um and and i you know that's the next that's where the remedy that's where the cycle stops it doesn't stop by throwing money and you know that's i, I think it's the, it's the church's the leadership of the church is also it's i think it needs to be their goal to come up with Programs that allow this to be easier for people mm. to connect with other people. I know um, another program I had that was a great success for some of these kids uh, be- before COVID. Um, I call it Laker Pals, and some of our most troubled kids in the school, and I'm talking very troubled, um, maybe ten to fifteen kids at each school. Yeah, um, I paired them with some high schoolers, mm. um, and those high schoolers came to the school every Friday. And sat down and talked to that kid. Um, they helped them with their homework. Uh, they called them one time during the week hmm. um, just to be someone there for them. Lots of these either didn't have a mother or didn't have a father. Um, and we would pair them with cheerleaders if they liked cheerleading. If they liked volleyball, we'd stick them with a volleyball hmm. player, football, basketball, whatever. And then um, my goal last year, I talked to Ryan Richardson about um, – Having a Laker Pal night at the where the boys could go down on the field. Of course, mm. we didn't get to do yeah. that. But anyway, you know, just initiating, you know, those kids at the high school that wanted to make that impact, they mm. didn't know how to do it. Yeah. And this just allowed them um, an avenue to reach kids. And, you know, I think some of those are still in touch with those kids. Yeah. Not as much, of course. But it's just somebody, wow, basketball player, you yeah. know. I can... Or at least when they see him in Kroger or something, yeah. you know, there's an immediate um, connection. I had, when I was in high school, I taught the children's church class, the, the like, the younger kids from, I think it was, like, first to third. And there was this kid that lost his dad and um, was just, you know, was kind of in a free fall. And I, not really thinking about it, just seeing someone in need took him under my wing. And... I still, you know, I haven't talked to him in a while, but all through college, all through my starting ministry here, have been in contact with him, and, and it's just because I was there for him, and and we can't under we can't we can't state enough how important that is, mm. and and seeing that in the schools with with that program there, I, you know, I know that would be a huge success just because I've seen it happen. Yeah just in my life in the little tiny ways where I wasn't even really conscious of what I was doing, let alone having people come in and, and consciously being aware of how mm. important that is. And we were going to do a program last year with the, the Christmas gifts. And we still did the gifts We um, that we everyone, we had people go out and, and get gifts for kids that needed them. But we were going to do um, like a meal or something. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how is that going to work? I think the kids are going to come there and get the gifts. Yeah, and, and they were going to have a meal for them. And we were going to like and, meet with them and 
And I hope we can do that more fully this year. We With COVID, we couldn't do that. But I think that itself, the meal and getting to sit down and be with the people that bought them the right. gifts and have those people see them and love on them in person mm. would be more important than just getting the gifts in it, of itself. Yeah, um, yeah I, think there, I think there's so many people that probably would look at themselves and be like, ah, I don't know that that's my giftedness to, to, yeah. to come alongside a kid or, you know, I don't know if that's my area of a strength or but like you said gordon i I just think not to sound like i'm belittling the problem but man sometimes like you said it's just being there like Mm -hmm. you don't have to have any training you don't have to have any special skill set you don't have to have a counseling degree nope you don't have to be a financial advisor you sometimes it's just being there and exactly hey let's go get mcdonald's or like you know like hey let's let's shoot basketball in the gym on Friday morning um, before you start school. Let's mm-hmm. sit down and just do your homework. I'm just going to ask you about your day. Like, how was your week? Um, just going to love on you. And I think I think a big piece of that is we, we think about service like, like in these aspects as they have to be these huge monumental acts. Um, you know, things like paying someone's rent for six months or you know things like these big you know repairing someone's roof for free that you do in the labor but sometimes it's just simply like showing up like you said you were talking about the parents at first they might not really want you around or you know they don't really but once you come around more and more and they're like oh he's he really wants to help they're calling you to ask you to come over um i think we just like garrett saying i just don't think we can you know state that enough how how important it is just just to be there um, and you know, I think we often think about, like you said, it's all these kids have all these problems. It's such a massive, uh, where do we even start? But man, just starting with one, you know, mm-hmm. changing one person's life. And that's something, I, that's something I had to realize pretty fast. It's, you know, when I started my job, I wanted to do something for all of them. Hmm. You know, I want to make a big difference in all their lives and still do. But I came to realize pretty fast that that's not going to happen. And you're doing more disservice to those one or two you can't impact if you're trying to impact 100. Yeah. Um, and just take it year by year. You know, another example of that that just came to mind is um, my first year at Russell Springs, Mr. Emerson came to me about November or something like that. Who was the principal at the time, He was right? the principal at the yeah. time. And he told me, he said, I've got a boy that I, I want to send to you every day. And I said, okay. I said, what do you want me to do? And he said, he's underachieving. Um, he did horrible on his testing last year. Not a great home life. Uh, just need someone to just believe in him. Mm. And it's nothing I did. Um, Mike or Garrett could have done the same thing. But just another example, that boy started coming to me the last 20 minutes of school every day. And uh, first time or two he came, he would just sit there. And then after a while, you know, we became pretty good buddies. Yeah. And he would call me and say, oh, I want McDonald's, come get me. And with his parents' permission, I'd go get him. We'd go to McDonald's. <laughs> and... Um, you know, that year was his fifth grade year. He he did great on his test. Wow. I did nothing. Yeah. I, I did nothing but show him a little attention yeah. and uh, just love on him. And, and uh, I still I still see him occasionally. Um, now I look up to him. I do not look down on him. <laughs> yeah. He is a big boy. And, um, of course, I look up to most people. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> we, there's a running joke in our church with because there's a lot of times where, like, I'll do the uh, – I'll, I'll speak or something – like with the songs, and then we'll have someone come up with do communion meditation, and Terry and Gordon will come do it, and they'll have to stretch the mic stand <laughs> down uh, way lower. And, <laughs> and oh, that's it. funny. But that's yeah. just another example right there right. of something just very simple. Um, no money involved, unless I took him McDonald's a time or two. Um, 
and what a big impact that made on him. Yeah. Very yeah. smart kid, but he just didn't have anybody at home yeah. saying we believe in you. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, something I shared on uh, with with Kevin's podcast that we the last one we did is something I learned on our mission trip. Um, the inconvenient or people's crisis crises are often our inconvenience. Mm-hmm. But if we can shift our perspective to their their crises, the crisis that they have, if it can become an opportunity instead of an inconvenience, but an opportunity to be a part of their life, to bring Christ, to bring the light of Christ into their life, you know, I can, you know, the, I can imagine a kid like that that you're talking about that just bad home wife just didn't really care, you know, just clearly a smart kid because he did good on his testing, but just mm-hmm. had the, you know, didn't have anyone that believed in him or would, you know, give him encouragement. Their outlook on life and the other kids that you deal with has to be just so bleak mm-hmm. because they're, you know, Kevin used the phrase that his kids had, um, his, his own children have thousands of opportunities. You know, these kids that, and I think there's probably some crossover in who you work with and who he works with oh, yeah. uh, at times. I'd say you guys have we talk had all, conversations. We talk often. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so some crossover, but a different avenue of it. Um, he, he was expressing that most of these kids have zero opportunities. Right. They're given no chance because of what they've been born into, and that is not their fault. Exactly. Uh, a guy that Which, spoke at our mission trip said, I can't explain, we we're talking about Compassion International, I can't explain why Jeff was born in Kenya and I was born in America. Hmm. I can't explain why he was born into poverty and I was born into a middle class or upper class, whatever. There's no explanation for that. But he's like, what I can explain is that I'm called to reach people like him. Mm-hmm. And to give, uh, to find those opportunities and to to, to maximize them. Well, I think that shows how important it is for us to show kids that do have the opportunities. Yeah. To show you know the the kids and the students in our church who who really take for granted the fact that they go home and they have a TV and a warm bed and, and multiple pairs of shoes that we show them. Hey, right under your nose here, right your your classmates. Neighbor. Yeah. Their shoes are falling apart. They they don't have a healthy meal when they get home. They don't have heat and air. Um, just right here next to you that we show them those conditions because that's also adding to the cycle that we don't have tr- people growing up in the church that, are that see the need, yeah. that see yeah. that there aren't that not everyone has the same opportunity as them. Yeah. You know, I often say, you know, the last day of school. You know, everybody ten days left, five days left. And I always say, just because of what I do and what I know goes on in these kids' home, the last day of school is the worst day of school for so many kids mm. because they will be three months without eating a meal. I'm talking, oh, they'll have a bag of chips and Coke. I'm talking actually sitting down and eating a meal. It won't happen until August 18th yeah. and we go back. And people just don't realize that. Um, How many of them like, express that, that, that they're worried about the summer? A lot. You know, I had a kid, uh, not COVID year, but year before. I remember this um, little girl. Um, it was Christmas program day, mm. and she came in my office and she needed a hair bow. Um, and I told her, I asked her, well, I asked her, I said, "Are you going home after the program?" She said, "What do you mean?" I said, "A lot of kids leave after the program; they go home." And she said, "Oh no, Mr. Gordon." She said, "I'm staying here." And she said, "I would much rather be at school than be at home." Mm. That's what you. I mean, that's what you see, and Heart that's record. what is people don't realize. Yeah, yeah. Well, as Gordon has enlightened us, there are many, many ways that people need help. That people need um, 
us to see their crisis not as an inconvenience but an opportunity. And we so, got to seek it out. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So whether you're in Russell County and listen, whether you're in Texas and listening, West Virginia, yeah, or West Virginia, they there there are needs around you. There are absolutely. needs around you. There's no question about it. Um, as Christians, it's our job to seek that absolutely. out. Absolutely. And yeah. lots of times we don't do that um, yeah. for whatever reason. Everybody's guilty. Yeah. Yeah. So, Gordon, we appreciate you, man. Thank you for uh, Thank coming you. in, and we appreciate you, the ministry that you do for, for so many families. Um, and, you know, I know that you wouldn't want credit for it, but we uh, we thank God for, for, for using you in the ways that, that he has, and we thank God for his faithfulness to you in the ministry that you are a part of. And I think we need to emphasize that, like, Gordon's job isn't technically what we would call ministry. Oh you know, he's gosh. paid by the state. Right. If the if the state heard us calling his job ministry, that <laughs> that raised some red flags for the state. But it is ministry. They don't listen, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it it is ministry. Absolutely I mean I is. mean what he's doing is is an outpouring of, of a Christian leader. Yeah. And you can do that in any capacity that you're in. You know, no matter where you work, you can do the same type of ministry that Gordon does just in the capacity that you're in. Um, It's just using your platform for the betterment of, of those around you and for the glory of God. And we all have a platform in some way. Yeah. Yeah. I think a wise man once said, people don't know how much you care. People don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. Exactly. Uh, And I think uh, we're seeing the family resource center and, and Gordon uh, really uh, take that to heart and really uh, pouring into the mm. lives of all of uh, those that they are in reach of. So, again, we thank you for your time, Gordon. We appreciate you. Uh, and then thank you very listeners, much. Listeners, get to work. <laughs> it's time to go. It's time mm. to be the church. Mm. Gary, you, you want to close us in prayer? Yeah, I'll close us in prayer. Father God, thank you for this time, this discussion, um, for the impact that, that Gordon's had and for the for the what you've placed on his heart um, for the ministry that he gets to do as as his job for outreaching to the community, for loving on those that are really in need of being loved. And God, there's so many in our community that need to be loved, that need to be cared for. Um, And God, just place it on, on the hearts of everyone that's listening, not to simply just put a Band-Aid over, over the epidemic that's plagued the world with poverty and, and, and brokenness, but for us to be active solutions that we take your glory, take your love to those that are broken and that we seek them out. And uh, God, just place that on our hearts and remind us that you sought us out, that you, you went to such great lengths to show your love to us, to rescue us, and we need to repay that and, and shine that to those that are around us that need it so desperately as well. God, thank you for your love that you've expressed to us, for your son, for um, his rescue of us. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.